0: Well, good evening, hello, hello, hello. This is Dr. Stephanie D. Barnes, CEO of C-Suite Women's Network. And whoo, I have been making some CEO moves today. We had We had some technical difficulties. so we have been trying for the last 15, well actually 20 minutes to get the show up and going and uh, had to just start all over again but you know that's what ceos do we make things happen so i know that i am 15 minutes behind schedule so we are going to get back on track get started because we've got some great conversations to have so i thank you for joining me on c-suite conversations from the c-suite the girlfriend's guide to being a ceo i am dr stephanie d barnes and it is my pleasure to have you here in the c-suite and c-suite women's network we help women and a few good men to be the ceos of their lives to develop strategies to achieve the results they desire in their business, careers, and lives. And you know, every woman needs to have a seat at the table because when she can create a seat at the table, she can create a seat for others. Conversations from the C-suite is a power packed hour that provides women a platform to discuss the issues that real women face because we know that life doesn't end when we leave the office. So I invite you to pull up your favorite beverage and y'all, I got my wine tonight and I truly do need it. I might need another glass, but we are here and we are going to have great conversations. Now, you know that the C-suite is in any company where all of the chiefs are, the CEO, the CFO, the COO, and all of those chiefs, but really the C-suite is where the decisions are made, which is why each of you has a C-suite of your life, because the C-suite is where you make the decisions to create the life you desire and deserve. Now, as the CEO, you are the one who comes up with the idea, decides on the direction, develops the strategy, and builds a great team to execute the goal. And we're really going to be talking about that in tonight's episode, how important it is to have a team. But You know, it is important to recognize where you are on your CEO journey. Are you a CEO on the rise? That means you are just getting started and you need some direction on your ascent to the C-suite. You may be a CEO on the move. You've done this a a little bit, but you are getting your feet wet and you want to make it even higher. And then finally, you may be a CEO, but here's one thing I want you to remember, CEOs always can take it to the next level. So regardless of where you are, if you're on the rise, you're on the move, or you have made it to the C-suite, it is always time for you to make CEO moves. Because here in the C-suite, we want you to feel something, learn something, but most of all, you got to do something because CEOs don't just sit around waiting on things to happen. They make things happen. So that's why we're focusing on making our CEO moves. You've got to create circles of influence. You've got to educate and empower yourself so that you can elevate to the next level. And then you've got to opt operationalize what you learn so that you can optimize your outcome because this is not the library. This is the C-suite where we're going to have conversations that help you to make those CEO moves. So whether you report to a CEO or you are the CEO of your own business, you are always the CEO of your life. So I welcome you into the C-suite. Are you ready? Are you ready to enter the C suite of your life? And are you ready to have a powerful conversation in this C suite tonight? Well, I tell you, y'all, we were determined to, we were motivated and determined to make sure that we had tonight's conversation. I tell you, it was like the stars were trying to line up against us, but we were like, mm-mm, mm-mm, we got to talk about Mama them. So I want to ask the question of you is our mom and them is taking care of mom and them about to take you out. Because, you know, as we become like the sandwich generation where we've got maybe kids at home and then we've got to be concerned about taking care of our parents, it can get to be a little little, uh, hectic. So we don't want to think about it, but it is something that we must think about. And we don't want to find ourselves in a pickle because we're in a sandwich generation and we don't have a plan. We don't have a strategy. We don't have a team and we can't get to our C-suite or if we're in our C-suite, we get kicked out and get kicked back down to the mailroom because we don't have all of our ducks in the row. So You know, whether you have to take care of your parents, you may have to take care of other loved ones, you may have to take care of your spouse, and honey child, you might have to get somebody to take care of you, but we want to make sure that you're not just kicking the can down the road, but you are truly making those CEO moves. You're getting over your feelings, you are learning what you need to do and making those moves to be able to take care of your loved ones so that they don't take out all of your finances. So I am excited. I'm excited about my guest for this evening. And we have been, we've known each other virtually for I guess a little bit over a year. We finally got a chance to meet each other physically in July, yeah, July of of this year. So it was such a pleasure to finally put a real face (laughs) with the picture and, and social media connection that we've had over the years. So I just want to tell you about who I'm about to bring to the virtual stave. I've got none other than Terry B. White. She is a gerontologist who provides a comprehensive and inclusive approach to assessing and providing direct care management services to aging adults. She's sensitive to the issues facing aging adults and their changing needs. During her years of working for a New York City municipality, Terry became a caregiver for several family members herself. And while navigating this process, she became a sought after advocate by worrying seniors and stressed families for consultation. And they inspired her to become a geriatric care manager to assist families with the challenges of aging and caregiving. And in 2010, she founded A Labor of Love Eldercare. After developing her age method, which we're going to learn about tonight. I can't wait to learn what this age method is. It's trademarked. It's so fancy and special. She has consistently provided services to many faith-based communities, Entrepreneurs, celebrities, and entertainers. So she take care of all of them. All right. So it is my pleasure to bring to the virtual stage none other than Terry V. White. Hey, girl.
1: Hey, Dr. <laughs> Stephanie. Oh, this evening.
0: Were we committed to get you on here tonight? Y'all have no idea. Y'all have no yes. idea what we have gone through, but, but like uh, like Celia said in color purple, eyes here, Lord, eyes and here. See <laughs> All right. Well, this again, welcome, welcome, welcome to the C-Suite. It is so great to finally have this conversation. It has literally been in the planning since June. Was it July? June.
2: Yeah,
0: June. That's June, right. Yeah, June. That yeah, was June. So this conversation has been in the making since June. That's when we... Uh, physically met we met each other virtually through social media before then but we had a chance to connect at the beacon conference in New Jersey and immediately um, had a, a, a connection and I was like i got to have you on my show so thank you so much for agreeing to be on the show then and thank you so much for persevering because y'all I'm telling you up Ooh, I'm telling you, I need some care of myself. So <laughs> while she tells us, she's gonna tell us our, her her CEO moves. So I've shared a, about who you are, you know, I've given them your bio, but tell us who is the real Terry V White. So tell us who you are, what you do, and why do you make CEO moves? And I'm gonna have me a drink of wine because whoo, All right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well well you sip your wine and enjoy your red wine, Dr. Stephanie.
0: That's that's you know, exercise, by the way. You know it's studies that it's say a upper, it's an upper body yeah, workout. You no, know, it's some studies. It's actual studies that say that drinking red wine before going to bed is like doing an hour of cardio. So
1: That part is true. And when you have to lift the glass, it yes. is an upper body movement. So I'm with you.
0: <laughs> yes. With that. So
1: greetings everyone, I am Terry B. White. As she said, I am the founder of A Labor of Love Elder Care. That is the, and as we all know, taking care of someone is just that. It is a labor of love. It's just like having a baby, you know, you go through all of the different stages of growth and development and changes. And just before, there's all this agita and pain and levels of contraction and detraction and people want to pull you and all these different directions and all these different things happen and you don't even know what's happening.
2: Mm-hmm. There's
1: joy, there's sorrow, there is why am I doing this? There's all these things that happen
2: mm-hmm.
1: when you're in this process of labor mm-hmm. and then this baby comes out.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: This beautiful bundle of joy. Mm-hmm. But all of that happens because you were prepared for the birth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that is why I do what I do. And that is to prepare you for the birth. So I prepare busy professionals
2: mm-hmm.
1: who are also caregivers for their loved ones. Prepare and just get ready.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Just, I just want you to be ready for this possible journey of caregiving right and the astronomical costs that will take you out of here
0: right and you know and I think the key word you've said it repeatedly and I don't think by accident but it's all about prepare preparation because you know with a baby when you're literally giving birth you know to a baby you've got it's more condensed you know you got nine months you know because even even if the baby is a surprise, you know, you still have at least nine months, you know, to prepare for it. And so over that period of time, you know, you're able to do everything. But, you know, even though all of us know that our parents are gonna age, mm-hmm. we know that, even though we we it's it's hard to think about it, but all of us know our parents are gonna age, we know that we're gonna age, we know our loved ones are gonna age. I think because the time period. You know, it's so long, and I think there is a bit of—I won't say disillusion, but definitely a disconnection from reality around the fact that mama or dad or grandma, mm-hmm. mom and them—you know—that somebody yeah, at that is going to get to that stage where they, where instead of them taking care of you, that you have to take care of them. So, you know, you mentioned you started this out because you had to take care of several loved ones yourself. You know, for the uh, viewer out there who's, you know, kind of thinking about this or may even find themselves just really on the brink of having to, you know, do something more than just kind of look after their parents from time to time or they really have reached that point where they need help. You know, how do you get started? Where do you get started? What's kind of the first things that you need to do to prepare to take care of mom and them?
1: Well, well, that's a great question. First of all, I want to say oftentimes we don't know that we're in the process.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So I was born to older parents. When I was born back in the day,
0: yeah. <laughs> Just a couple years ago, Just
1: a couple years ago <laughs> yes. my mother was 39. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And at that time, it wasn't fashionable to mm-hmm. have a baby at that age. Mm hmm, mm hmm. So I was born to older parents.
2: Yes. So
1: from a young age, I really was a caregiver to my grandparents
2: Uh uh
1: who lived nearby, which Uh is where I went after school Uh and where I spent a lot of my time and where I lived for a period of time. Um, And my grandparents were, well, for me, they weren't old. They were just older. Yes, but my yeah. parents, as I became a school age girl, were basically the age of just a little bit younger than my peers'
2: mm-hmm. grandparents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So I realized a few years ago that I have really been taking care of people for a very long time. <laughs> yes. Yes. I was a child caregiver. Mm-hmm. Yes, so expensive meds and those sorts of you know small tasks,
0: right, right. So as you transition to um kind of you know more than just the you know what had become very natural for you in your day to day activities, you know, for someone who is now you know faced with the decision, okay, you know, mom can't take care of herself anymore. I've got to work full time, I've got to take care of my own kids but you know i've got to take care of my mom or dad or whatever the case may be you know for that person who is just hasn't really thought about it it's not something that's natural how do they get started where do they start and you know what's the first thing you need to do
1: the first thing we need to do is have a con- well is have a conversation mm-hmm. but prior to having the conversation we have to acknowledge
2: mm-hmm.
1: that we are capable mhm And Mm -hmm. as I said previously, we really don't know that we're a caregiver Mm -hmm. because we're accustomed to, hey, mom, how you doing? Yeah. Did you go to the doctor today? What did the doctor say? Did you take your medication? Did you? Okay. Talk to you later. Mm -hmm. Right. They tell you everything is fine. Everything is this. So we do this check-in process Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just to see how things are going. Mm Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's a smooth transition. It's a long transition. And other times it's just all of a sudden we have gone from checking in mm-hmm. to driving to get groceries.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: to she's not answering the phone.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now I need to call the neighbor. Right. To the neighbor calling you. To the landlord calling and saying that the there was two incidences where the stove was on
2: mm-hmm.
1: and we really have to say, okay, we, we need to have a conversation about mm-hmm. what's going on.
2: Yes. Yeah.
1: So. And sometimes they're in denial about what's happening mm-hmm. and sometimes we're in denial about the information that we're receiving about what's happening.
0: Right. So you have the conversation and you know, we'll, we'll, um, think about for the purpose of this, you know, if you've got at least one sibling that you've got to have this conversation with. As opposed to you know it being uh, just you, where well, you're the sole decision maker. Because you know most of us, or most situations, you've got some family dynamics where there's more than one person at least who's going to be involved in the decision. So what does that conversation look like? I mean. You know, what are some things that you need to talk about? Is it a conversation that's, I'm just going to say for example of this, that the siblings have by themselves first, and then they talk to mom or dad, or is it a family conversation? What have you found has been, you know, the ideal situation, if you will, for having this conversation that gets the movement going to actually be able to take care of whoever needs taken care of?
1: Well, that's a great question. I believe that the ideal setting is to have a conversation with your sibling.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Hey, have you, hey, sis, have you noticed a difference in mom lately? When the last time you talked to her?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, and I talked to her, everything's fine. You know, she's good. She said she did, she went to church. She said she's went out. She said she went here. She went there. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see any any difference. Mm-hmm. They might not see eye to eye with you. Right. Because, as, as we also know, parents have different conversations with different ones of their children. Right,
0: right, right. Okay.
1: So, one sibling might get one set of information,
2: mm-hmm. another
1: sibling might get another set of information.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And I just want people to understand that it's it's not always that the person is in disagreement with you.
0: Mm-hmm. The person has
1: a different set of information.
0: Yeah. And you know, that's a great perspective to have because, you know, I, I think about my situation. I'm I'm the oldest and the only girl of, of mm. three children, but my youngest, my baby brother, is from my dad's second marriage. So, you know, that, that adds just another set of dynamics in that, you know, I've got one sibling that I would have assistance with to help my mom. And Two siblings that I have oh, yeah. to help me with my dad, but mm-hmm. you know I always think about this, just the perspective as my mom and I talk all. We talk every day. You know, every day we're gonna talk about something. And the, and the one of the funny things I always joke with her back because she's caregiver for my grandmother, so mm-hmm. the the running joke is, "What are you and grandma doing?" Oh, we going to the store. Now we we from, we from Mississippi, so we say, "Yeah, you going to the store?" So. <laughs> but uh, but you know that's something that's really very real in terms of the different relationships cuz i think you know my mom is probably going to tell me a lot more than she'd share with my brother and then like i say on uh, for my dad i've got you know just two brothers There's different dynamics there but it's it's important to to come together so you know in trying to get that reconciliation where, you know, just somebody has a different perspective for whatever reason, maybe it's family dynamics, maybe it's the relationship or, or maybe, you know, it's just, uh, just different perspectives. How do you kind of get everybody together so that you can do what you need to do for, for your mom or, or dad or whomever?
1: Well, first of all, understand that it's not about you. What is the end goal?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Let's...
1: Begin with the end in mind, as Mm -hmm. we always say in business. Right. Right.
0: right. And then
1: work backwards. So it's the same process.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: What is the goal that we are trying to accomplish? Mm -hmm. And then even if we don't all agree. Let's at least agree to have the conversation Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and see what comes out of it.
2: Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah so I'm sure you've had some situations where you know you may not be able to get one or all to the table to have the conversation but the most important thing is making sure that mom is taken care of so if you have the the caregiver the default caregiver if you will who really can't get everybody on uh in consensus and and can't, ever, can't get everybody around the table you know what have you seen in trying to to help um, caregivers who are in that situation where they basically got to do it on their own to be able to navigate the system without running into to legal issues, perhaps, or just just being able to take care of what of, of who needs to be taken care of.
1: So, if you are the primary caregiver
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you find yourself doing it all, as you as you stated, everybody's fine.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Everybody's fine mm-hmm. because you're doing it all.
2: hmm yeah, <laughs> right.
1: Okay? Until something mm-hmm. happens. Mm-hmm. As you said, now we have to talk finances. Oh. Now we have to talk legal. Mm-hmm. It's different. Mm-hmm. Things right. change. Yeah. Because yeah. it sometimes it's a smooth road. Mm-hmm. That is what we want. hmm We can agree on how mom or dad or whomever you're taking care of says they want it to go. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah.
1: Even though you and your mom speak every day, Mm -hmm. mom might say son number two is going to get this Mm -hmm. and, and son number one is going to get this and you know, Stephanie, you know, you've been good, you know, you have your own business, you have your own this, you have your own that. They need it more than you do. Mm
2: -hmm. That's
1: a scenario. Sometimes they think that one of their children Mm -hmm. is better off than the rest. So they try to help the ones,
0: as we say, come up, right? Right, right, right.
1: Try to help them come up. And those create stressors amongst mm-hmm. the siblings
0: mm-hmm. right right especially when you on. have one who's been physically correct taking care of of a uh, mom and then here come here come the other ones just kind of hopping skipping around But <laughs> well, that was her request
1: so it's not so sometimes yes they come hopping and skipping around and sometimes that is the request of the of the care recipient
0: right right
1: you know, and if that's their choice, that's their choice. Mm-hmm. But again, it, it creates distresses amongst the siblings.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Sometimes, you know, things are just smooth. Everything is smooth.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But as you said, you when you have um, multiple parents and multiple branches on the tree, Mm -hmm. oftentimes that creates another level of unforeseen situations. That's why it's very important to have your documents in order.
0: Hello, documents. Yeah, because, you know, as an attorney, (laughs) as an attorney, right? No, I know you want to hear that. (laughs) Right, you know, because... And, and I think, you know, so many people underestimate the importance of just putting things in writing because, you know, I used to see it all the time. I was general counsel for a health system. And so I I, I can't tell you how many times we had a patient lying in the hospital bed who couldn't speak for themselves and all the family dysfunctions now just come you know, to the surface, mm-hmm. and at the end of the day, the patient is kind of literally getting pulled in in, in different directions mm-hmm. because people can't get focused on, you know, the patient. They're they're kind of dealing with their own issues, and all of it, in that case, could have been resolved by them having you know, an advanced health care directive or a living wheel or something like that. But you know, it's so important, you know, for us to think about this from the perspective of, you know, being making it easier on whoever's going to take care of us and having that conversation with mom to say, "All right, you know, how do you how do you want things handled so that if there comes a time when you can't speak for yourself, when you can't make decisions for yourself, we have written, you know, guidance from you" you know, that helps us to take care of you in the way that you want to be taken care of. So, you know, how do you walk your uh, your clients through that process of getting them to document things and write it <laughs> down and, and get it to where, you know, it helps you and helps them, helps the siblings to take care of, helps, you know, help, help me help you type situation. How do Correct. you
1: how help, do me help, help you.
0: who care help themselves, so to speak?
1: Yes. So with Big Mama and them, <laughs> it, it's often challenging mm-hmm. to get things in writing. The first thing is really to educate them on what is a healthcare proxy. Yes. Let's, yeah. let's, so let's start with education on all of it. Education <laughs> is a huge part of the work that I do. Yeah. So let's start this since you mentioned healthcare proxy, let's talk about a healthcare proxy.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: A healthcare proxy is one of a set of documents called advanced directives, as you know. Mm -hmm. And for hospitals, that is the most important. When you walk into a hospital, they wanna know who can make a decision. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's not just about filling out a form. Mm -hmm.
2: We really need to have
1: a complete conversation. Uh-huh. Around the form, mm-hmm. so because there's questions like, uh, "Do you want a DNR?" Okay, mm-hmm. so what's a DNR? A do not resuscitate. Well, what does that really mean? Yeah. What does do not resuscitate mean?
2: Yeah.
1: There are different reasons to resuscitate.
2: Mm-hmm. Do
1: we mm-hmm. resuscitate in the case of an emergency? Someone has a car accident. Are we resuscitating and someone is brain dead? Are Mm -hmm. we resuscitating? Why are we resuscitating? Mm -hmm. Are there any religious tenets that go along with resuscitation, that go along with intubation, that go along with feeding tubes, that go along with IVs, blood transfusions? We need to have a complete conversation. Yeah. Just on that one document, there's a whole lot of education to go into just that one document answering each of the questions.
0: Right. You know, it, it is so important, like you say, to have that conversation and not just to have the document because you know the document just kind of helps the the healthcare providers to kind of know what to do, but it's it doesn't take away the emotions, especially sure. If it's dealing with the question of, you know, something like a, a do not dis, a do not resuscitate, which mm-hmm. if, you, if y'all don't know what that means is if you fall out, if you stop breathing, they're not going to bring you back. You're going to be gone. You're going go to go in the glory. But, you know, but it's important to understand it because, you know, that's that's a easier decision to make on paper than it is to make. It it is the, in, this is and correct. it's important to have the conversation around that so that. I still don't think it's any easier because I never will forget many years ago. One of my dear friends um, lost her son in just this freak accident. Um, And he was intubated and they had to make the decision to
1: remove life support. Um,
0: And she was a nurse. She had done it, You know, she was, she was a nurse. She was trained in this. And when the, the time came for her to make that decision for her own son, it was, it
2: was, totally devastating. Devastating. it was devastating, absolutely
0: devastating, because it wasn't just it. Even though she understood the clinical significance of it, and she understood the clinical reasons for doing it, it was you know you she it was the emotional attachment to you know making that decision for her son. So you know that's why y'all you got to be be make your CEO moves about it, and and make sure that you create those circles of influence, which means the people who are going to influence decision. Even if they're not going to be the ones there in the room, they need to know about it. You to have those conversations. Don't pop up on them at the last minute with this information, whatever it is. You know, you got to make sure that you educate yourself. Which why I hope you're taking notes on some things that you need to be thinking about. Uh, and questions about, that you might have. Right, right. Because this is indeed a conversation. It's not just you know you. It's tell not them a them. monologue. Right, right. You've got it's
1: It, a, got a, it you is a conversation. conversation. Right. And also, I I really want to uh, let your viewers know that this is this
0: document is
1: not just for old people.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. Right. It is for young people. It's for everybody. Right. It is for everybody. It is something that, you know, we, we need to think about because, you know, because, like I say, I practice law in, in a healthcare setting. And so, you know, I was always asking and making sure that everybody had their advanced healthcare directives because I saw the fallout for when they didn't. But regardless of what age you are, you know, because um, I know that's something my first husband and I talked about, you know, when we had small children, you know, and just, you know, what do we want for each other so mm-hmm. that um you know he at the time I, i'm not his mate, I, I won't make that decision now but at the time you know that was a very real conversation that we had to have you know do you want to be resuscitated what because he is a critical care physician okay so he really you know knew the ins and out of what, you know, what our mm-hmm. means and 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 what that process is about so we would have very good conversations around that and could be able to to be informed about you know if if i were um incapacitated you know the decisions he would make and and vice versa and so you know as a married couple you need to have that conversation because let me just tell you something because i'm telling you this from the from the you know legal side or just kind of being on the hospital side if you and your your spouse have the conversation but you don't let his mama know you don't let (laughs) (laughs) You don't let her mama know or whatever. Then it's like you trying to kill my baby.
1: Yes, yes, yes.
0: So, you know, that was something that even though it wasn't like um, a dinner table conversation you want to have all the time, you know, I let my mom know at the time, you know, this is what I want. So if if he were to exercise that, he ain't trying to kill me. He might be, might trying, he might try to kill me now. But <laughs> but you know, but it was it was important to have that conversation with her so that she would know what my wishes were. So that's correct. Really important. Now so why, there were
1: few there were a few things you said by sharing that story. One was about the marriage, and you are no longer mm-hmm. is care provider or will be his care provider Mm
2: -hmm.
1: so since we're talking about ceo moves Mm -hmm. part of that is in handling your business Mm -hmm. because marriage is a business
2: yes it is
1: it's a business partnership (laughs) yes that you have a complete exit strategy from that
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: because if you are separated Mm -hmm. Yeah. Dr. Stephanie Barnes uh, Esquire, right? As you're separated and you are still legally married and something was to happen to him, you are still responsible for this business arrangement. Right. And these are one of the things that people don't kind of realize.
0: Right. Because you know we think about because you know and and I think sometimes this is it's 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 culturally driven as well, but you know I just speak you know uh, traditionally in the African American community you know because of many times we didn't have access to a lot of the long term healthcare facilities and had limited access sometimes even to the just uh, hospital um, facilities Mm -hmm. and, and nursing home facilities and things like that we took care of our own, you know, and it's kind of like, you know, because at the time we didn't have a choice. Now, you know, we have a lot of choices from just access and insurance and all those, all that different gamut of things. And I think, you know, a lot of times we think about this as just some family decision, but it's really a business decision that we've got to think about from a business perspective and, and really Focus on, you know, what is it going to take to take care of Mama, and which I think is a great transition into the, uh, to the financial side of things because mm-hmm. you know, we're we're talking about, you know, having the conversation with your siblings or whomever is involved, that circle of influence. Who is going to, who gonna be? Just ask yourself this question: Who gonna be mad in Mama's hospital room? Who's gonna be mad when you put her in, when you make the decision to put her in a nursing home or you make the decision that you have to hire a nurse? Who's gonna be mad? All right. So you have the conversation with them. You get your documentation in order, write it down. Yes. When you think about the business aspects. So, particularly, you know, we've talked about marriage, it adds a, a, an incredible dynamic. So, for example, my mom and dad are divorced. So, in addition to the parents, I've got to deal with my step parents and their kids, and you know, so it just creates this whole other dynamics. Correct. This is, for example, my mom, but she is married to my stepdad, who's technically her, her next of kin. So, where does that leave me? Right. Correct. So, you have so marriage. You have to really think about those things, and and whether it's your biological parent or your step parent. Or in some cases, your um what do you call your common law parent. Now, a lot of states now don't really recognize common law marriages. So they've been together for years, even though they have carried themselves as husband and wife, if they don't have a piece of paper, they don't have a business partnership. Yeah, that long-term partner. And I have seen that, and that is that has that's kind of one of the most heartbreaking things I've ever seen are uh, in these situations where you have a long, because there was a, a situation. I remember this couple had been married like 20 years, maybe 20, yeah, 20 something years. They had kids together. I mean, had not had been married. They'd been together 20 something years, had kids together, had lived together. He was in this uh fatal uh, or this really bad motorcycle accident
2: mm-hmm.
0: because they were not married. Mama came in there and wouldn't let them wouldn't let that work. And I thought that was the most heartless thing ever. Cause you know, this, they live together, but she didn't have a legal right. And she had to go and do some other things in order to be able to do it. He didn't have a, he didn't have a healthcare direct directive. so And if her name had,
1: even if they weren't married mm-hmm. for the viewers, even if they weren't married, if he had a document listing her as the, uh, the healthcare proxy, Mama yeah. would not have been able to come yeah. in to do that.
0: Yeah, but because they kind <laughs> of had that conversation.
1: Correct. <laughs> and because people are young, they don't feel as though they need to have this conversation because they're young. Right. That's what old people do. Yeah. I have time to handle that.
2: Yeah.
1: But this is this is not um what happened. So your story made me think of a story when I I did work for um a New York City municipality, there were plenty of guys. I worked around a lot of men.
2: Mm-hmm. There were
1: plenty of guys in that similar situation. When they first came on the job and they signed their documents, they were married mm-hmm. to person A.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And they made person A the beneficiary.
2: Oh. And they separated
1: from person A and now live with person B for years and years and have property together and children and a life together. And they never changed person's A name as being a beneficiary of their pension, of their benefits, let's just say.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And as you say, someone had a fatal car accident. hmm Person A was first pissed because she was still the legal wife and she was responsible for the funerary arrangements. Right. However, since her name was still on everything, she got the pension.
2: The
0: she yeah. got, <laughs> you got the money.
1: You the know? bag was secured, right?
0: Yeah, the bag the was
1: person secured. She had been living with and have, was playing house with. In uh, this life, with
0: mm-hmm.
1: got nothing,
0: right? And that's such an unfortunate thing, such an unfortunate thing. So you know, if you've not learned anything else, because you know, it, it, it this may not be your situation, but if it's your parent's situation, if it's your aunt or uncle's situation, or your, your girlfriend's your boy, situation, girlfriend, yeah, your girlfriend's situation. You know, it's important to have those those documents in place because, again even if they don't formalize the relationship with marriage they can still do the health care directive so that at least that is taken care of so you know let's get to the important question as we uh kind of get to the to the end of the hour here is how are we going to pay for all this (laughs) we we have this document we've had the conversation everybody's on the same page but how do we plan We're actually paying for it so that, like I say, taking care of mom and them doesn't take out our finances.
1: So we don't become medically bankrupt. Right, right. So we don't spend up all of the money in our own 401k, 403b. Yes. So so we don't have to take, so mom and them don't have to take out a quote unquote reverse mortgage on their house.
0: Right. And lose the property because you can't
1: all that. That is that what you're talking about?
0: Yes, (laughs) All that.
1: So it depends. Well, are you saying that you didn't plan for this as part of your retirement?
0: Mm -hmm. I wasn't thinking about it.
1: (laughs) And and neither are most of your financial planners who are advising you. Mm We advising people are being advised on this is how much money you need to retire. Rarely is there a question to say, this is how much money you need if you ever become incapacitated.
2: Mm -hmm. It's a very
1: different question.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Very different question. And if any financial advisors are actually listening, I would just offer that 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 is something that we ask our clients Mm -hmm. because it's a very different level of savings Mm -hmm. because that retirement that you save could wipe you out in a, Less than five years.
0: Right, right. And you'll become
1: destitute
0: and medically
1: bankrupt. Right. Um, So we can become medically bankrupt for caregiving as we heard during the the arguments during the Affordable Care Act, Mm -hmm. as people became medically bankrupt for paying for medications for cancer treatments and various different um, illnesses. Mm -hmm. The same thing happens with caregiving, and it happens quicker. Mm-hmm. 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 So, how do we prepare? Also depends on where you live, which state you live in, because yeah. each state has a different set of laws.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, for for some people, it's it's a matter of having long-term care insurance
2: mm-hmm.
1: as everything, the current long-term care policies are very different than the older long-term care policies.
0: Right, right, right. It
1: is not something that you purchase at 65. Yeah, yeah. It's something that you could purchase at 35. Right. So if you're a 35, 45, it might be something that you wanna consider by talking to your financial advisor and Mm -hmm. absolutely reading what the terms and conditions of the policy is
2: Mm -hmm.
1: because they have limits. Yeah. Okay, do you have a whole um, term life insurance policy? Do you Mm -hmm. have whole life Mm -hmm. where you could take a cash advance possibly?
2: Mm -hmm. Do
1: you have life insurance?
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah.
1: You know, so we're talking about not just the care part, but the burial part. The
0: burial part. Yeah, because for a lot of people, GoFundMe has become their burial become, <laughs> So my famous line
1: is, "Go for me is not an insurance policy.
0: Right. Just
1: in case lot. you thought it was, it is not an insurance policy.
2: Yeah, yeah. And
1: we there, but there are, there are burial funds mm-hmm. and I don't mean burial insurance Mm-hmm. I mean, you can actually go to a funeral home and prepay your a funeral. Right. Right. In any state. That is something that you can do. Yeah. yeah. So there are many different ways for you to financially prepare. Um, there is. Becoming Medicaid eligible. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And you'd have to kind of contact me to find out what that means (laughs) to become Medicaid eligible. Because, right, that is a whole conversation within itself. Right, right. As to how to do that, to be prepared. So, because the truth is, we cannot afford to age without being healthy. Right. So the main thing is, you want to save your finances? Take care of your health. Right. Right. Now. Yeah. yeah. Now take care of your health. Right. Because when you take care of your physical health and your emotional health and your spiritual health, you are really taking care of your financial health.
0: Right. Right. In because the long you know, run. Because that's something that, you know, a lot of people don't, don't truly think about, you know, how important. Taking care of your health is in your youth, you know, important for the expenses that you'll have as your age um, or as your health declines, you know, when when you get older. Because depending on your starting point, you know, if you start, if your health is like way down here, well, it's not going to take long before that decline is is at a point or something that's going to be exorbitant to take care of so you know as we're taking care of our parents you know because this is a conversation i have with my parents all the time just about them taking care of themselves now you know because the thing that i tell them is you know if you you got to take care of yourself because you know i'm very skilled at being a coach at being an attorney i'm not skilled at being a nurse that is not my calling i was in health care but uh, you know, that I'm not who you want at the bedside, all right? <laughs> you know
1: you right. so, an administrator. Yeah. you're not the one that's actually providing the hands not, on care. That's, hand.
0: that's not me. But you know, but that's something that that we have to have a conversation around and and you kind you kind of touched on this and 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 I know when we were preparing for this conversation tonight, we talked about the importance of socialization, especially absolutely elderly in their in their health, in maintaining their mental health, maintaining their physical health, and how important it is to consider as we are having that conversation around where are we going to take mom when she can't take care of herself? You know, how are we going to take care of her? Just really thinking about even the physical surroundings um, Mm -hmm. and and how that influences their socialization, their mobility, their their, um, independence to to whatever extent they do have and how that impacts their their health.
1: Yes, sometimes, like I'm in New York City. Mm -hmm. New York City has tall buildings. Mm -hmm. The older buildings, if they are less than, if they're five floors or less, are walk-ups. They do not have an elevator. Yeah. (laughs) So if you've been living on the fifth floor for 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. And you were, Thirty. When you move there, you're yeah. now sixty. Okay. Yeah. Carrying mm-hmm. groceries up the stairs.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What happens most times is you become hospitalized.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And when your mobility declines,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you cannot get back up to the fifth floor. Right. Right. So there's there is no other option for you to get or very few options, I should say, for you to get up to the fifth floor.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So if you can get up there, then you can't come down
2: mm-hmm. and
1: socialize.
2: Mm-hmm. So then
1: that creates a level of isolation for people. Right. Because finding an apartment is not the easiest thing in New York City. An affordable apartment for oh, someone who was on. on a limited income, right. or a fixed income, I should say,
2: mm-hmm.
1: it's not that easy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And sometimes we have to make the decision of moving that person because, you know, that sometimes creates, uh, it's, it's a displacement, right? And oftentimes it leads to homelessness
0: mm-hmm. because
1: you can't live in a hospital.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So
1: that means now you have to say, as you said, are we going into a skilled nursing facility? We might not need that level of care.
2: Mm-hmm. Can we find a space in an
1: independent living and assisted living? So now we have to pay those costs because those costs are higher than uh, an apartment. Or well, mm-hmm. are they coming to live with one of the siblings?
2: Mm-hmm. But as,
1: as we talked about uh, Dr. Stephanie, oftentimes if they have their mobility
0: mm-hmm. and
1: you, you, Are just afraid of them living alone, Mm -hmm. but they're fully functional. Right. You want to uproot them because you feel it's best for them. Right. Without even having a full conversation about what they feel is best for them, if they're able to still make these types of decisions, right. We move them often from the city to the country because it's convenient for us. Right. Okay. Yeah. But if I'm Mm -hmm. moving someone from New York to Atlanta, per se, Mm -hmm. and they don't drive, how are they going to socialize in Atlanta? Right. Right. In the suburbs of Atlanta. Right. Right. right? At least in New York City, they could walk to the corner store. They could still go to church. We can call a ride. We could call a taxi. We can do a lot of we have a lot of different options. We have public transportation that runs 24 seven. It's often difficult for them to be uprooted and they tend to become depressed when you uproot them.
0: Right. And and that's something- It was
1: good for you, but it wasn't good for them. The move was, was, it made you feel better about them being cared for and not living alone.
0: Yeah. Because I think that's something, again, that we have to think about, you know, it's not just the- um the literal physical space yeah you may have a great physical space for them they've got access to care they've got access to you know the the shelter and and they can get to their doctor's appointments etc but the socialization is so incredibly important and particularly for the elderly you know because for any person if they lose a sense of meaningfulness and usefulness and and connectedness and connectedness that, right they're gonna that's gonna have mm-hmm. a social uh, or a, a mental in um a negative mental impact on them that will eventually lead to their deterioration uh, the, the deterioration of their health so physically
1: and cognitively
0: right right you know so we have to think about that so you know, you have to have a conversation with with your your siblings, whoever's gonna be mad you know kind of think about it like that but whoever's gonna be influential. In that have the conversation with your loved one, because even though you may think you know best, it is so important to include them in the process in the
1: conversation.
0: Right. To the to the point that they're mm-hmm. cognitively able to do so. If They're able to have a conversation. You, you've got to be able to minute it. it. You come up with your documentation. Mm-hmm. And then you get, um, you you come up with your plan. And then, you know, we talked about the different ways you're going to fund it. You know, is it is it long-term health insurance? Is it a fund that you begin, that your family begins now? Because you, you know that maybe in 10 years, y'all got to make a decision what you're going to do with mom and dad. So you start pooling your money together or investing or doing something. But it's all about preparation and planning.
1: All about preparation.
0: All about preparation because... You know, even though there are going to be some sudden um, illnesses that can come up, we do know that at some point, our parents, our loved ones, even ourselves are going to need to be taken care of. And it's all about, you know, how do we take care of business? You know, we think about this from a business perspective. And because, you know, we're making CEO moves. We're not, we, we have to get your feelings Absolutely. out of finances. <laughs> you know, you've got to really think about it and you make those CEO moves. So, you know, what are some final thoughts that you want to share with the audience as they are really having this time to think about how they're going to take care of their loved ones without taking themselves taking them taking their parents taking you know their finances out because you've got they've got to think about their parents or the loved one they've got to think about themselves how they're going to mentally prepare for it and physically prepare for it and then how are they going to pay for it so what are your final thoughts with helping our our viewers to know well what you got to do what you're going to do
1: well there's a lot to do as we we just talked about a few things here tonight. So, one is have the conversation, mm-hmm. talk about it. Mm-hmm. Let somebody know that that you are in this situation or that you have this level of concern,
2: mm-hmm. even
1: about your parents or whomever the person is.
2: Yeah.
0: And yeah.
1: then, reach out for some support.
0: Mm-hmm. If Hot you <laughs> I said, team, get a team. We talking yeah. about circle of
1: influence. That means there have to be people there yeah. to influence you,
2: right, right? So you have
1: to reach out for some support because your circle might not have that information.
2: Mm-hmm. So you
1: have to go outside of the circle, right? So then you can, right. then you can contact us. You know, you can always come to a labor of love elder care you can find us on facebook we have a facebook page you can find us there you can follow us on twitter mm-hmm. cuz all the mm-hmm. as you know all the legal and health stuff happens on twitter yeah. all day all night yeah so you can find us on twitter at aging answers you just and ask a question
2: mhm
1: you can ask me any question you want to ask me on the uh facebook page you could dm me mhm just ask the question. That is free. You can go to a labor of love elder care forward slash services. You can actually for your viewers, you can go to uh bit.ly forward slash, let's see what we did, what I where I can send you for tonight. Okay. Caregiver 101
0: caregiver
1: one zero one bit.ly forward slash caregiver 101, go. 101 okay. so you yes. can go
0: there and get additional information get your questions answered you and- can go there
1: and get a download and i you know you can get some information
0: because okay. the truth is you don't know what you don't know right right because we don't know, know until we're in it right you don't know you don't know and it's good to prepare beforehand so even if you're not presently in the situation of having to take care of your parents you don't think you're going to be just go ahead and go to bit.ly forward slash caregiver 101 and see what you need to know because you may be surprised hmm, I'm more prepared than I thought I was or Ooh, good Lord I need to get to working on it so but uh, again Terry I just want to thank you so much first of all thank you for your perseverance as we work through the technical issues uh, but you know we yes 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 right? Yes, we are CEOs, so we kept making those CEO moves until we actually made Absolutely. it, so thank you for that. Absolutely. And so glad we finally had the chance to do this because as I mentioned to everybody, we have been planning this since June when we met uh, in New Jersey a few months ago. And so um, thank you so much for being on here. And thank you so much for being willing to answer questions for our viewers because this is a tough issue that a lot of us don't want to think about, but it is an important issue that all of us need to think about. So again, thank you so much and you I so appreciate much. you and I'll be seeing you around.
1: <laughs> thank you so much, Dr. Stephanie. Um, at any time calling us, we can have a conversation about this. I, um, also again, as I mentioned, you mentioned earlier about the age method for me, that means, mm-hmm. you know, for, for you to, um, to, to actively get engaged Because we have to get engaged. We want you to be engaged in this process, and we want everybody to be engaged in this in this process.
2: Right.
1: So again, thank you so much. Um, The last thing I want to say to your viewers is, it is Medicare open enrollment season.
2: Yeah. (laughs) So
1: that is a conversation is coming up as of October fifteenth. Um, That is another conversation for you to have with your loved ones, and if you need some more information on that, again, uh, there'll be some information on our Facebook page about that. Mm -hmm. Um, A labor of love, elder care. A labor Um, of love, elder care. Yep, Facebook.com forward slash a labor of love elder care, and you you will be able to see some tips on um, how to navigate that process. That's a whole different system, a whole different process.
2: Yeah. And yeah.
1: November is Family Caregiver Awareness Month. So check us out for some additional um, caregiving tips. Okay. And next time I talk to you, I'll have another surprise for you.
0: All right, well, thank again, thank you so much. And thank you for sharing with our viewers and I'll be seeing you around. Thank you,
1: Dr. Stephanie.
0: Of course, of course. Thank
1: you, and remember to take good care.
0: All right, I will, I will. (laughs) Well, you know, thank you, everyone. It has been my pleasure to have you here in the C-suite. And of course, this episode was brought to you by C-suite Women's Network, where you can learn to be the CEO of your life. C-suite Women's Network offers professional and personal leadership development, strategic planning, and organizational and performance excellence strategies. There you will learn excellence through training, coaching, and accountability support to meet your goals. The mission of C-Suite Women's Network is to equip women and a few good men to be the CEOs of their lives, to use their education, experience, and influence to create the lives they desire and deserve. So if you're ready to be a better CEO of your life so you can be a better CEO in your business, go on over to www.discovertheceoun.com. Discover the CEO, I can't even talk. Discovertheceounu.com. Discovertheceounu.com to schedule your strategy session. So I am just so grateful that you stuck around to have this conversation in the C-suite And as always, you've got to remember that it's all about the C-suite moves. We want you to feel something. Hopefully, you get you feel a little something you need to do. Most of all, hopefully, you've learned something and that you do something with what you've learned. So, you we want you to make those CEO moves, create your circle of influence, educate and empower yourself for elevation, and operationalize what you learn to optimize your outcome. So remember, whether you are the CEO of a business or report to a CEO, you are the CEO of your life. So feel something, learn something, do something, and make sure that you remember that the power is not in the conversation, but in the CEO moves that you make. So don't talk about it, be about it. Don't wait, though. Br- wait broke the scales. Now is the best time to do what you know you need to do. I am Dr. Stephanie V. Barnes, and it has been my pleasure to host this episode of Conversations from the C Suite, the girlfriend's guide to being a CEO. And I want to remind you that your life is the product of your choices. Choose to be the CEO of your life. Until next time, make those CEO moves.